today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Harvey Levin here. Derek here. Courtney here. And Jason. So we have some new information on Bob Saget. Um, As you may have heard by now, the family is suing to prevent the release of, in particular, photographs of Bob Saget and photographs not of the autopsy because that would never be released, Mm -hmm. but photos in the hotel room where he died. Um, And under Florida law, it's very possible they would have they would release these photos because they it's a sunshine law state. And that's why the family is trying to prevent that, because they don't want this on the Internet. And there has been a lot of media attention and a lot of media attention because there are experts now saying, you know, it doesn't make sense. The injury was so severe. There is one expert saying that it's more consistent with either being hit by a baseball bat or falling 30 feet to the ground. So here's what we know. Um, we have talked to people who are, have been involved in this. And the theory they have that the authorities have in Florida is that Bob Saget was getting into bed and the headboard was partially um, covered uh, with material, with fabric, but there was a portion of it that was not covered with wood. And they think that he may have gotten into bed and slammed his head on the headboard, and that's how he... Now, now the problem that is... That hard, well, though? Well, well the like really late night, maybe flop into bed and but, thinking you're going to hit something soft. Yeah, damage? Uh, they, the- they, they do not know. Uh, they, they don't know for sure. Their theory is this. The, uh, number one, I can tell you, because we just checked a few minutes ago, they are they are confident. I, I mean, I'm just telling you what they are. They are confident this was not foul play. Mm-hmm. That they say that he hit his head. Um, I know that the autopsy report talks about him falling to the ground. That's not consistent with what I just heard. And I just talked to somebody who was involved in all of this. And that person is saying that the authorities believe that this was the headboard and that it was the the wooden portion of the headboard. Bob Sagan is a, was a very tall guy and he often hit his head. So it wasn't unusual for him to hit his head, but they think that he may have gotten into bed and either lost consciousness or shortly thereafter lost consciousness because he was under the covers. That's what doesn't make sense to me that if, that if he just got into bed and hit his head, usually you lay down There's and laid out. Yeah. That's a question, Harvey is the headboard theory simply speculation based on the fact that there's a lot there, there's obviously a a, 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 a lot of trauma area yeah. trauma to the back of his head or is it ba- it's not to my understanding it's not based on anything of of uh, hair or particle samples taken from the headboard it's just a theory based on the fact there was trauma to his head and that's the closest thing a hundred percent that okay. is exactly right they are saying that there's no way it could have happened before he got to the hotel if he was at, you know if it happened at the club we remember he was performing he drove two hours and yeah. he drove two hours they said he never could have driven with that kind of injury okay so they believe it happened in the hotel their theory is it happened in the headboard. Um, they discarded the bathroom theory for now. They discard. They be- for well, now. They believe it was the headboard. Now again, we don't know. They don't know. They say. And as a matter of fact, one of the things I, there was no blood, and we're told that the authorities who discovered his body and took him had no idea he even hit his head. The theory was a heart attack. They didn't find the bruise 
until they did the autopsy. So the family, the photos aren't like graphic or anything, right? Because there's like no marks. They just want to keep it for like privacy. The type of photos would be the scene of the hotel room as they found it with, with Bob in it. Presumably. Right? Yeah, yeah, presumably. But there's not like, it's not like horrific. It's sounding like it's like no one no, can see anything. So it's more animal. just like for privacy yeah. and they don't want people to see him in his last moments. I, I find it really, really interesting though that nobody at the scene even saw that yeah. there was a bruise. And, you know, and again, I mean, the police are not going to handle him because, you know, they, they don't know until they know. Mm -hmm. And once they find out he's dead, I'm mm -hmm. sure they leave the scene, you know, as intact. Yeah, yeah intact yeah. as possible. Yeah. But um, it, it it is just odd that this was such a severe wound. Um, their best theory is he either knocked himself out or very shortly thereafter Pulling the covers yeah. up, lost consciousness. Right, and then the, 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 the so so the family. But, but I, I will yeah. say, that's different than he went to sleep and didn't wake up. Yes, that's yes. very different. very different. That's yes. very different, and I think that's what's interesting. Now, yes. now, the family seeking to keep these photographs private may just simply be they don't want sort of a voyeuristic. No, that's exactly it, what it is. It may not be because they're trying to cover up any sort of additional I, I, evidence. I, I spoke to somebody connected to the yeah. family and saying that's exactly what it is. They just don't a want privacy the, issue. Yeah, they don't yeah. want the kids having to see it, their dad laying in that bed, mm -hmm. and that's one of the things they believe Florida might release under the Florida laws. Although I would worry that this would backfire on them. This is going to make a bunch of independent in internet detectives who are still interested in the case try to find out information well, they're already they're, they're, and speculate. They're already theories. doing it. There's one pathologist who says they should exhume the body uh, and figure this out. Now, you know, again, that's one pathologist. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, look, they, they ultimately are saying they don't know it's a mystery. Their best guess is the headboard. Um, and that's why I find it interesting and weird that when you read that autopsy report, they don't talk about the headboard. They talk about falling to they the ground. They talk about an unwitnessed fall. Well, and that's and, like and so the fall strange. doesn't make any sense. They, they don't, it doesn't match. Like, it sounds like so hard like to believe, like for some reason. I don't know. I like the, the I mean, the bed theory sounds plausible to me yeah. because you could hit your head so hard, get a little bit disoriented and say, oh, I'm going to sleep it off. But, right. If like, you're in the bathroom the and you have a dramatic fall, you might call for help. Yeah. Right. To, to me. And obviously there's a lot of speculation here, but the, the, how hard can you really hit yourself head on a headboard? I mean, think practical terms. I mean, theoretically, I suppose you could hit it incredibly hard. It's a difference in kind from the kind of head head wound you would have if you fell in a bathtub while standing up, or certainly, you know. The a, only a, a reason I kind of disagree with you, because I I, I th would think I thought the same thing you did. Yeah, there was no blood. And it's like, if you really hit your I don't your know head, how to reconcile oh, Well, things. I know, but yeah. what I'm saying is, it could just be one of those weird, you hit your head just at the right spot or the yeah. wrong spot, and it breaks those vessels and it causes the internal bleeding. But there was no blood found. We are. I, I, I double checked that he's, today. He's yeah. also a large guy. So if you are truly flopping your body weight and you're you're somewat large, you can hit with a lot of force, right? If you think you're hitting something soft and you just go but, into it. But I just I just want to sort of a, a little bit of sort of Occam's razor here, right? The most logical thing is usually the correct thing. I, I I'm ne I've never met anybody who hit their head on the headboard so hard they were concussed by it. I, I've never heard that story before. Sure, it could have happened here. It just doesn't really make that much sense to me, to be honest with you. I don't care how tall he is. I don't care. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. He's exhausted. But the idea of, I mean, we, we've all slept. We have friends who sleep all the time every night. Speak for yourself. I've yeah. never slept. <laughs> yeah. we, we know many people have headboards. Anybody ever heard of anybody flopping so hard well, but they were concussed but, but, by the but, headboard? But here, but it's here's strange. What, here's it is what certainly you, strange. But here's what you got to think about. That the that he came to the hotel, he checked in. 2 a.m., exhausted. But he checked in, 
and then went to his room. So in terms of theories, you know, look, I am assuming, and I don't even want to go there here, but but I am assuming there's surveillance video in the hallways right. because they have all of these cameras. And the parking lot and anywhere else. Well, so and I'm like I, checking in like And there may the be counter. an attendant well, there what and I'm comes saying in holding his head. Yeah. I, I, there's no evidence that anybody else entered the room, yeah. if that's yeah. kind of what you're getting at. There's no evidence I, that anybody entered yeah. the room. So whatever happened seems to have happened in the hotel room with Bob Saget alone. And then if you buy into that, which I think is kind of a logical thing, yeah. then something did happen to him in that hotel room. And the only thing that makes sense is some kind of a contact with a hard surface sure. that would have caused this kind of internal bleeding. I mean, I, I don't see how else you can look at this. And I guess once you put him in the hotel room, the actual cause of the trauma, as long as he was alone, is irrelevant. Right. I mean, it, right, and that's the know, best. It, it, it's no, their best guess, but yeah. uh, but you know, when when we broke the story, we put in there about the headboard because that's what we were told. Yeah. Um, then all of a sudden, it pivots to it was a fall into the autopsy. I made another call today, and that same thing came back about the headboard. So. Who knows? It's so sad. It's very sad. It's I, know, I worry that the family is driving the mystery with this with this yeah. move. Uh, but you know, because at first it was kind of like, oh, he like died like peacefully in his like sleep. He like, but now it's like, no, it's definitely taking yeah. a darker. Okay. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today. Discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Uh, let's get into the Rust, uh, uh. the Rust lawsuit now. I mean, we knew this was coming, and the uh, husband and son of Helena Helena Hutchins has they've now filed a wrongful death lawsuit, um, alleging not just negligence but recklessness and suing Alec Baldwin. And we knew this was coming. And the issue is, is Alec Baldwin being sued as the actor who fired the gun, the executive producer, or both? And it seems that it's both. I think it's both. Wouldn't it be? It, I think it's both because one thing that's interesting to me about this lawsuit is that it's, it's extremely thoroughly researched. We saw a couple of the early lawsuits, which were still figuring out the facts. They've well, done their homework. But Derek, I got to say, some of the original lawsuits, I think, are ridiculous because a lot of these, a lot of these are workers' comp things, and they're yes. just going to be thrown out because 
it, they weren't filed properly. Right. I right. completely agree. And they were and they were rushed. And this one has, you know, when they gave the press conference yesterday, they had the full animation recreation of the event. Uh, the way they've laid this out sounds like they're blaming him for both because they've laid out all these safety protocols that they say were breached. And there's a laundry list. I mean, Jason and I were looking at these documents. There were something like 10 or 11 things that they said didn't go right. Uh, not not pointing that you're not supposed to point the gun. You're not supposed to um, have it live ammunition yeah. and on and on and on. And they're saying each of these, when Alec Baldwin was handed that gun from David Halls, they say he didn't verify. That was the word they used. He didn't verify that the gun was safe. That's the Nonetheless, George, this is the George, George Clooney, Clooney theory. theory. This is the George Clooney theory that you always have to check. You're the last line of defense. If you're using the gun in the scene, you got to make sure it's safe. He crossed Drew. Now, there's some open question as to whether his finger's on the trigger or just pulled the hammer well, back. They, they, but the, they think the, he pulled the trigger. They think he pulled the trigger. Yeah. But remember, he did that interview where he said, I did not pull that trigger. And but the expert said in order for the gun to fire, the hammer and the trigger have to be. And engaged. we had that expert on TMZ Live, the yeah. same guy that they're talking to. And he showed us the same thing. And he said that it could be a very could subtle movement, mm-hmm. a very light movement. Um, but look, I mean, the, they are alleging that not, it wasn't just negligence, but they're saying that they, it was so reckless they should be entitled to punitive damages. And I think the reason they're saying this has to do with um, the complaints that people made saying it's unsafe, saying that there were three gun mishaps, and the unit manager, according to them, came out and said, screw that, it's awesome, That, it, which is a crazy statement, but apparently they've got this in text. Yes, yes, and on the day of the event, they say it was a real skeletal staff because there were some walk-offs over the safety complaints. They said a lot of people had left the set that day, and you remember, even in the recreation, there's only four people in that building mm-hmm. when this incident goes down, so they're working with a skeletal staff. They say the safety protocols weren't followed. This this lawsuit's so, going to be a problem, so, I think, for Alec Baldwin. So we need to break these things down, right? Because we need to have, what is the link, what what wrong act happened that actually specifically caused her death. Live ammo. So so we, we, we have that somehow live animal got from this lockbox. Which is where, a fun where, which is the fundamental point. Which is the fundamental point. I don't know about that. I'll push back on that, but go ahead. In, in into the gun itself. And that so that's what and we believe that that was the armorer's responsibility and actually what she did was put the live ammo in. So there's the, or the or the ammunition supplier. A lot of people going after the so, ammunition so now supplier. She she might push back and say it wasn't me. I have a box that are labeled uh, what are the dummies or blanks, whatever they're labeled, and I just take out of that box. Now others are going to come forward and say, well, you should check every bullet, but I probably that's probably not how it's done. You pull out of a box, you assume that it's a dummy round if that's what it is. But she, in the well, no, they no, showed you're, you're, you. You're, you're supposed to look, and that's one of the things yeah. they talked about, which is that the dummy rounds look different than live bullets. And they showed you, and they and they do, and they showed you three different ways that you can tell like the difference between them. So I feel like okay. for all those ways to be like not even have happened, but it's that's a huge on, red flag. I think I think though that's presumably on her i don't think you're uh, you're ascribing to alec baldwin the ability to, to decipher the difference well, between they're also a no but let me ask you a question there can ammunition. there can be live ammunition on a set it's not it's obviously something that they're saying is a breach of protocol live ammunition doesn't kill a person until a bullet is fired right so if you're assigning blame to take it entirely away from alec baldwin nobody's taking entirely away but but well, a little a bit you don't want to assign any blame. but but the big difference here between compensatory damages for the loss of life which will be in the few millions of dollars and punitive damages which could be the intense or hundreds of millions of dollars is did you have a reckless did you act recklessly and if you believe you have a dummy round because an expert has given you a dummy round and you fire that and it kills somebody it's awful it's horrific but it's not punitive there's no recklessness there unless you assign to alec baldwin the obligation to have checked that round well is the clooney rule industry standard the right clooney rule. no well I you know, know clooney I, announces I, rule I, what if that's I, the industry I standard and they Joe, get a bunch of experts I heard saying george clooney say that i think that 
can't be the case. And I've heard other people, you know, there's lots of opinions out there, right? What was it like when you it, were in Clear and Present Danger? Did it that, can't did be the case that every guy in a Marvel movie holding a gun is checking it, making sure that everything's fine. We rely on experts for that. And by the way, but isn't that why she's if you're relying on but Alex, that's why she's suing all, all of them, right? Because she's suing oh, yeah, like, not, for Alex the oh, Trigger and then list. doing it. Like, and, yeah. that, and, and that supply. gets yeah. into my next question. So a lot of people are being sued here for negligence, right? And a lot of the people who were responsible for the set. My question to you is, when they answer this complaint, are they going to blame part of this on Helena Hutchins? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why Why are they going to say that there is at the very least contributory, comparative negligence on her part? I'm not suggesting it. I'm just wondering if that's going to happen. Uh, uh, look, to preserve it, if for yeah. no other reason. Uh, of course, of course they are. And by the way, there are four people on four, four people on the set at that moment. All of them are named, I believe, right, as defendants in this lawsuit. There are a lot of named defendants, yes. But but among them are the four people who were actually present at the time. D- uh, Dave, Dave, Dave Halls, Halls for, for sure. Yes. Alec Baldwin for sure, yeah. and then d- the director who was also shot. And if they're yes, all individu- if they're all individually responsible, she must be as well for the well, actual that's gonna firing. Be, that's going to be their right? argument. I, I mean, the fact that she died—that—that's something. But we see well, this no, all no, the no. time. The way it works. I mean, th- again, we have no idea. Just as lawyers, yeah. I, you know I, I think they're going to raise this issue. Um, and the way it works in the law is that if somebody—I mean, I'm just going to give you a hypothetical. Suppose they end up saying that she is 20% responsible for what happened. Mm. What they would then do is they compute damages mm-hmm. and reduce it by 20%. Right. That's the way it works in the law. Right. So I, I don't know, but it just seems to me almost inevitable if they're pointing to everybody else that the that the, the defendants are going to say, well, Helena is also with that question. Look, I don't want to be insensitive, but you can paint that picture already. You can say this is the cinematographer who's blocking the scene. She blocks it in such a way that the gun is going to be drawn towards the camera. A safety protocol is to not have the cinematographer behind the camera for such shots. That's her it, call. It, she it, made that call. She stood it, behind the thing and he, she got shot. It's insensitive, it sounds like, but that's certainly something. It's you can very paint. insensitive, but here's a way to think about it. If, if you know, the bullet had missed her and hit somebody else. She would be a named defendant, and mm-hmm. she would certainly Correct. be found partially liable. So it, it's awful. Like we, we I, I understand. We get how awful it is to say that she might be partially responsible for her own death, but that's the way the law works when you're trying to determine who pays what to whom. And, and, and to, uh, to your point, that bullet went through her and into Joel Souza. So if she's not sitting there. That bullet goes directly into Joel Souza. It's maybe right. a much worse injury. Um, this is interesting that there is still a criminal investigation, and they are now raising this in the civil case to the level that would open a door to criminal prosecution if they're right, namely recklessness. Right. Because if it's negligence, probably not. But it, they are alleging recklessness, which, which is why they're asking for punitive damages. Right. And that then dovetails with this criminal investigation. Right. I right? think you're exactly right. Gross negligence is a lot closer to and, recklessness, and those start to get very blurry. And the at big that issue stage. here is what happens first. Does the criminal proceed? Do the pr- criminal proceedings go forward? Because it, well, there are none yet. There I are mean, none they yet. But the criminal it. rarely but, yields to the civil, right, Harvey? No, the, the criminal, criminal usually takes precedence the crimi- over the civil. Usually, they would they would they would hold the, the civil, deal with the criminal, and then go back to right, the civil. Right, which is big because Alec Baldwin, the civil case. Is gonna, it's going to be hard for him to take the fifth. He would probably have to get up and testify, and he seems quite willing to tell his side Well, of the whether story. he testifies or not, now they have the interview that he did, yes. which essentially lays out his position so that whether he testifies or not, they're going to yeah. use the interview. Boy, and we talked about it at the time. Good God, man, what are you doing talking to the media? I know, Alec Baldwin. I was this just was thinking what, that interview the, the, is this is come what back happens. on him, right? It's, because in he that said, recreation, they, they embedded his interview yeah. and showed how he said he pulled the hammer back while they're showing the recreation. And they showed the inconsistency already at 
the complaint stage. Can it didn't we, even take further than that. Can we end on a, a, a lighter note? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, so we had Dr. Dre on TMZ Live on Monday. That was so exciting. It was great. And he's, su- I mean, he was just fantastic. But I, I got to say, you know, listening to how this thing went down and the fact that the end, you know, here you have five rappers and some of these songs have lyrics in them <laughs> that were problematic for the NFL. Mm-hmm. There were very few things that needed to change, according to Dre. There were a couple of uh, lyrics in Kendrick Lamar's Right. Uh, in one of his songs Snoop about Dogs. the police. A uh, couple, couple swear words here and there. A couple yeah. swear words. There were references to a game. The top of every song was changed, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a lot. It no, was, not uh, I enjoyed it. They've done radio edits they've before. They've done radio edits, but, but, they, but they it's noticeable if you're a fan. Videos, yeah. yes. <laughs> but I mean, I, I just thought it was really interesting. Um, the thing I loved about Dre was before we went on, he was supposed to I'll just oh. kind of give, we were supposed to do the interview while we were shooting the show at 11 o'clock. Um, he wanted to, he, he needed another half hour and we didn't shoot it until 1130. Um, cause we wanted to put it at the top of the show, but we ended up putting it in the middle of the show because it was at 1130. So when we did the interview, uh, I said to Dre, I heard that the reason you couldn't go on at 11 was because you were dying to get a Whopper at Burger King because you hadn't eaten one in two months cause you wanted to stay fit for the show. And here's what he said. <laughs> you know what? My my uh, my trainer is going to be upset about this conversation. But uh, yeah. And, and by the way, by the way, Harvey, it wasn't I made a, a a turn instead of Burger King. I went to McDonald's. There's something about those McDonald's French fries, man. So, you know, I'm like, you know, I deserve it today. I'm I'm, I'm going to treat myself and go on a pig out today. But oh, I mean, who could blame McDonald's him, right? That's how you know. The I best mean, who could yeah. blame him? But I just I just love that he talked about this. There's something about Dr. Dre just breaking down on the way home and saying, you know, or the next morning and saying, right? God, I just he's, need, he's, I just need well, fries. He's yeah. close to a billionaire now, or he's a billionaire, and he's so grounded still. He's still Dr. Dre. He wants to pull into McDonald's. I, I love him. I love him, too. Well, if you saw the video, the house behind him is something else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, a long, way from, he's yeah. a long way from his yeah. humble yeah. beginnings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you mean the castle? Yeah. How does he afford something? Oh, my God. There was basically a moment. By the way, yeah, Tom Brady's old house. He bought Tom Brady's. Did you know this? He bought Tom Brady's yeah. house. This is the house that Brady took years to build. He lived in it for eight months. Brady sells it to Dre. You know what Dre did as soon as he bought it from him? What? Gutted the whole thing. <laughs> Down to the studs. Gutted the whole thing. Does that kind of hurt if you're Tom Brady? That a no- little bit. Yeah, yeah right? It's a touch. Yeah. It's 2020. What's the matter with you? Okay, we'll see you Friday, Thank everybody. You. 